joy, peace, tranquility, vibrancy, and wellness. Isn't this what you want instead of constant stress? That's what host Rochelle Lawson is going to help you with on Blissful Living. There are many ways to reduce stress, some you may not even know about. Doesn't a little peace and tranquility sound like just what you've been looking for? Relax for a few minutes with Rochelle. She's the queen of feeling fabulous. Hello, everyone. This is the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson, and I would like to welcome you all to Blissful Living. I want to get started right away because I think I have a show that um, is going to help enlighten a lot of you out there that might be having some curiosity with regards to um, disease and the state of disease in our society today, as well as um, the prevalence of cancer and other help and other things that are causing us to become a sicker community, a sicker society. So stay tuned if um, you are intrigued with that. But before we get started, I do want to tell you a little bit about my guest, um, as well as thank our sponsors. So first let me thank our sponsors, the Health Healing and Wellness Company. Um, you can go to healthhealingwellness.com and check out some new things they have going on, particularly with the fall and the fall specials. Also, you can stop by um, fabfitwellgiftpack.com and pick up some gifts from the Health Healing and Wellness Company that's designed to help you improve your health and well-being. Next, I want to thank the other sponsor for today's show, which is a telecommunications installation company located in Silicon Valley, San Jose, California. They've been in business for over 26 years, and their motto is that we make the right connections for you. So if you are in need of any telecommunication services, whether it's voice data, fiber optic wiring, or um, installation of access points, or basically anything to do with network distribution, you want to check out All Day Cable at alldaycableinc.com. All righty. So let me tell you about today's guest. Our guest today is Brendan Gochran, and he holds a degree in molecular molecular biology from the University of Connecticut, and his MBA is from Bentley University. Now, Brendan has spent 15 years in the healthcare field and was an executive for a major nutraceutical manufacturer before starting multiple companies of his own, the latest being Liver Medic. Now, he conducts health lectures to both physicians and the general public, and his research focuses primarily on gut health or your digestive health, liver health, the endocrine system, adrenal fatigue, and um, optimum diets. And so I am really intrigued for him to share his words of wisdom with you, and this will be a great time for you to sit back, relax, get um, a piece of paper and maybe something to write with so that you can take some notes about the information that Brendan is going to share with us today. So I want to welcome Brendan to Blissful Living. Hi, Brendan. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. What a wonderful introduction. Thank you very much. I appreciate uh, you asking me to be on the the show. This is great. Well, I appreciate you coming and saying yes, first of all, and then agreeing to come on the show to share your words of wisdom. Um, I, too, am a healthcare professional. I've been in the industry for quite a long time, and I think it's really important that um, we educate 
the society about things that are going on that could be potentially um, really harmful to their health, physical health, mental health, and well-being. And so anytime I can get an expert on to share words of wisdom, I think it's it's like, you know, eating, I guess, one piece of pie at a time. Eventually, collectively, there'll be so much information out there that people will start taking a proactive um, stance with regards to their health and well-being and making it a priority and we'll go from being a sick society to a healthy society. So, I, could, I absolutely could not agree more. Uh, and even for you know us experts, it's difficult to sift through all the information out there. So uh, it's, it's really good to be able to have a program like yours that uh, you can sort of uh, chop it up and disseminate it and, and digest it and, and sort of make sense of it all. Yeah, it kind of takes the stress out of learning how to, uh, you know, manage your health and well-being. Okay, so now me let me get off my soapbox, and I just want to just really start off and intrigue everyone, really start off. And what I would like to ask you, um, you know, we hear a lot about cancers. Everyone probably has had somebody in their family or someone that they knew that has had an experience with cancers. Um, and there are a lot of other diseases now that are coming up on the forefront that used to be kind of just sitting back but are now a lot more prevalent. So what I want to ask you is why do we have such a high incidence of disease and cancer happening in our society now? Yeah, it's a complex uh, set of variables involved in that, and, and I'll go real high level, and then you can pick and choose you know, where we want to sort of dive into um, but there are, uh, an, an, as I said, a number of different variables. Uh, first of which I'd like to hit is uh, environmental. So uh, if we take a look at the amount of chemicals that are being produced, and, and many of them are endocrine-disrupting chemicals, every day in the U.S. we produce 625,000 tanker truck loads of chemicals, many of which are going into our food supply, some of which are going into personal healthcare products, others are going into construction, manufacturing, and, and electronics. Some of that ends up in our in our um, how, on our homes uh, and in our businesses, and those things have uh, an ability to get into the air and get into our systems as well. So there's certainly an environmental uh, issue to be discussed here. The other one uh, is probably a little bit more direct. And that is, uh, and, and I have these conversations at lectures all the time, why is it so important to eat organic? What's the big deal about that stuff? Mm -hmm. well, the big deal is, uh, and I don't want to get too far into the GMO um, questions about uh, genetic splicing and all that, because I, every time I, <laughs> I do something like that, I see the, in, the entire crowd, their, their eyes just glaze over and roll back into their heads. But the sort of the... And see, I would be... This, and I would be so, Brendan, I would be so interested and intrigued in that. But, you know, we're different. We're different. Right. <laughs> right. Like, wait, right. Tell me you more. and I can have that, have that conversation on the side. I'm, I'm more than willing right. to do that. Exactly. I'm sorry. Okay, so go on. Because I, I, you, you're sharing already some intriguing information that's um, pulling people in. So please continue what, what you were saying with regards to the environmental toxins and the food supply. Sure. So when we discuss things like GMO, and, and when I, we're not talking, this is not an isolated thing. You know, 95% of the amount of corn produced in this country is GMO corn. 
you only have 5% that's conventionally farmed anymore. So why is it important to consume organic versus GMO? Aside from the splicing and dicing we talked about that we're not going to talk about, <laughs> um, the, uh, the seed, a GMO plant, has uh, inherent in it the uh, ability to uh, withstand uh, in a massive amounts of herbicides and pesticides. Okay, that's exa- that's pretty much what we spliced into this this seed. Then we throw it on the ground, and in conventional farming, we used to douse the ground with a certain amount of herbicide and pesticide. Uh, and what would end up happening is there'd be plants, of course, that would grow up around whatever the crop is that the farmer has there, and they would compete for resources. And they would have to go through and, you know, strip them out and all that stuff uh, by mm-hmm. hand or, or mechanically. Well, now they don't have to do that. Now they can douse their uh, farmland 20 to 30 times the amount of herbicide and pesticide that they were using before. This totally mm-hmm. changes the ball game. So wow. those, uh, the amount of pesticide and herbicide, well, I'm not even discussing the fact that some of these uh, chemicals made by uh, Dow and Archer Daniel Midland and Monsanto and uh, there's a number of other big ones, Bayer. Uh, these things are very similar on a molecular chemical level to mm-hmm. things that we used to use in Vietnam, i.e. Agent Orange. Wow. Uh, and one of them, and Agent Orange is, uh, is basically a, a cocktail of two very dangerous chemicals. One of them was recently approved for use in the U.S., uh, banned in every other country just three years ago, and now Dow uses them uh, in uh, the GMO uh, products, um, herbicides and pesticides that the farmers are using. So this so, is the reason Brendan, that they're wait, so dangerous. Wait, yeah. Hold on one sec. So you're telling what you – okay, I just want to clarify this for the listeners. You're telling us that a chemical that was used Back in the Vietnam War, part of the Agent Orange cocktail that they used in the war over there has now been approved three years ago um, and banned in every other country, but approved in the United States for usage. And Dow is using this chemical with regards to our food supply. Is that what I just heard? That's correct. Yep. Oh, Uh, my God. And I'll tell you, we end up getting phone calls from farmers out in the Midwest. Farmers, by the way, are very intelligent. I'm telling you, you know, don't discount the intelligence of a farmer. Um, They're very resourceful. Uh, They understand history. They understand economics, and they understand agriculture. And they will call me, and they'll say things like, look, our whole family eats organic. Because of the economics, we have to be planting GMO uh, crops here. Okay, fine. Well, when they end up dousing their farmland, they get what's called um, farmer's lung. And so they're not actually putting the food on the table and ingesting it. They wear full-out hazmat suits, go out to the farmland and, uh, you know, put down uh, the herbicide and pesticide. Well, even with the hazmat suits and all the precautions that they take, the amount of uh, toxin that's getting into their bodies, uh, specifically through their lungs, is causing them metabolic breakdowns. And so they call us up (laughs) so that we can supply them with supplements so that they can get uh, their livers basically back into working shape and healthy again. So that's the kind of stuff that's taking place. And for the folks out there that are buying uh, GMO uh, foods, and we'll 
don't worry about it, I'm washing it off anyway. This stuff is inherent in the product. It's inside the produce. You can't wash it off. Uh, oh, one of the right. other chemicals that's so dangerous is glyphosate. Okay, that's, that's the one that we know about. Forget about all the others that we don't know about. That one specifically goes into the intestine, creates um, small pores, uh, i.e. leaky gut, allows toxins to flow into the body, and then glyphosate uh, has one more trick up its sleeve, heads to the liver and inhibits a whole uh, category of uh, critical cytochromes called uh, P450 cytochromes, which uh, is required for detoxification. So uh, in two strokes, it increases the amount of toxins that you end up taking into your body and then decreases right. your ability to get rid of them. So, so do you believe that the utilization um, of these various chemicals, particularly the one that was used in Agent Orange, is causing a higher incidence, um, it is contributing to a higher incidence of disease and cancers occurring um, in the United States, unlike before? It alone, no, but yes, uh, I absolutely think it's a contributing factor. And of course, that chemical is only three years old. Um, so, you know, we can't attribute the massive tr uh, upward trend right. of cancer in the last 20 years to that. However, the, it's not uh, much unlike the existing Roundup cocktail of chemicals that they currently have been using for the last uh, 20 or so years, which has been increasing the amount of cancer that's taking place. And, you know, we can't, um, we can't forget about uh, the amount of chemicals that are going into personal health care products. That's another big one. So 75% of the chemicals that we put on our body, uh, that's mm -hmm. it's transdermal. So, you know, we're talking about deodorants, which is in a, uh, a very uh, dangerous location in our body, right underneath our armpits. You've got lymph nodes right, right there, and, and it's just sitting there sort of absorbing, right? Uh, yes. Shampoos and toothpaste and all the other stuff. You know, those things have uh, chemicals in there like PEG-80 and SLS and uh, heavy metals, uh, aluminum, uh, you know, those things that, you know, people have to, unfortunately, people have to become experts at reading labels. And just walking into Whole Foods, for instance, and thinking, well, um, everything in here is fantastic. I don't have to worry about reading labels. Absolutely right. not. I've had conversations with, um, you know, the purchasing directors uh, of Whole Foods. They don't consider themselves an organic store. Right. So that means that they will pick up whatever product they think will make money and put it on the shelf, uh, yeah. provided it's it's not you know too obscene. Um, right. So you're not safe there. So you know that's funny because a lot. I'm, I'm glad we kind of um, started off with you know the environmental toxins because um, a lot of people because they're not really seen in front of us. Like it's not like you stick your hand in a fire and you get a burn. You know these are kind of like these invisible things that are in our food supply that we're not aware of. Um, one, we're not really paying particular attention to labels, and two, we see stuff on labels and they're just big long words and we have no idea what they mean or what we should be looking for. So I'm glad we're having this conversation just to enlighten people and, and maybe spark a little bit more assertiveness with what regards to looking at what you're putting into your body and not always taking the fact that something is quote unquote organic or GMO is not um, chemical free. So very, I like that. I, I really do like that. Now, 
with regards to you know you hear the stuff about you know well particularly I, I can I guess I can say this when I was a kid um, food was a lot different than when I had my kids and raised my kids and now you know. Um, having kids, my kids I know are, are my kids or people in my family having kids now that are like would be my grandchildren or my grandchildren. So, you know, when I look back to when I was growing up, you know, I grew up in San Jose and basically Silicon Valley and there would be produce stands and every neighborhood and you literally like in San Jose, I grew up in a cherry orchard. So there was literally like farm stuff all around. You just could go pick out, you know, pick your stuff if you wanted to, if the farmer let you, or they would have a stand set up. And um, as things progressed, I've seen, like, you don't see that anymore. And I'm such a holistic um, practitioner with regards to the way I live my life. It's just, it's bewildering to me that we don't see that. And and then, again, just because we may see that doesn't mean that the, the food is... Um, the same as what we were getting back in, in, say, the 60s and 70s. So what do you say with regards to just how people are eating differently today than past generations? Yeah, well, great point. This is, this is kind of a conversation that I end up having with my grandmother. She said, well, I'm, I don't have to buy organic. I just go out to the store just like I always do. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> not 50, 40 or 50 years ago anymore. Uh, <laughs> and you're right. Uh, you know, small farmers have been essentially put out of business. There's been a massive consolidation in the industry. Um, the food suppliers that are now out there have uh, strips of land that, uh, you know, are like quarter or half the size of Rhode Island here. So we're not talking about this. This is a totally different landscape, and they're driven wow. by bean counters, and they have uh, uh, people on their boards from the big chemical companies. So there is a uh, I mean, you don't necessarily need to believe in conspiracy, but you certainly need to believe in capitalism. And so if individuals on the board of pharmaceutical companies are uh, investing in chemical companies that are investing in agricultural companies, and they're all sort of in, you know, they're sort of at the table all the time with each other, you can understand why Decisions that are made in one end up affecting the other. This is one of the reasons why there's massive consolidation and there's uh, a massive increase in the amount of chemicals coming into our food stream. You know, just pick mm-hmm. up a uh, bottle of uh, pickles, for instance. Pickles right. should be, you know, cucumbers, salt, uh, vinegar, and water, essentially, maybe a couple of other things. You go down to a local grocery store, there's about 20 different chemicals in there. As you said before, most of them are over 15 letters long. I can't even pronounce them. So that's a major shift, uh, no doubt about that. The other major shift that's happened in the last uh, 20 or so years is one that the consumer is not paying any attention to. And this is a big part of the lecture that I end up giving. So when I sit there and I say, here are the major drivers for um, health uh, problems within the country, specifically increases uh, in leaky gut, breakdown of the microbiome, which we need. This is a symbiotic relationship that we have with our bacteria that we're just uh, essentially destroying. And uh, the inflow of toxins into the body, creating uh, a breakdown of, uh, of DNA, uh, overinflammation, uh, which creates, of course, a, um, a degradation in uh, adrenal fatigue and a massive amount of sugar that's going into the body, of course, is, is feeding cancer cells directly. 
So, uh, and I don't know if your listeners know this or not, but the uh, mechanism of every cell in your body, uh, every cell has a couple of different choices when it uh, comes to uh, energy consumption. Of course, energy is required for every cell. So, but in a cancer cell, you only have one choice. It's sugar. Uh, you can't be breaking down uh, protein to get uh, energy because the mitochondria within the cell doesn't work. Uh, that's one of the uh, main identifiers for a, ca- for a cancerous cell. So, you know, one of the easiest ways of sort of starving uh, cancer cells is just, you know, not to eat um, uh, simpler complex sugars. Now, it's not always that uh, simple. I'm um, greatly oversimplifying things, but essentially right. that is the mechanism involved. So when I sit down with a lecture uh, and I say, look, here's the amount of sugar that we're consuming Hundred years ago, it was about 14 bags uh, of uh, 14 pounds of sugar per person per year. Now it's about 130 to 135. Um, the amount of antibiotics that we're consuming uh, has doubled in the last uh, 20 years. That's the one that ends up getting all the physicians uh, in an uproar. And oh, I bet they end up right. So they raise their hand and they say, "That's not true. The scripts are going down. They've gone down about five percent in the last 10 years." So they're right, and I'm right. So what is this missing key in the middle? The missing key is the consolidation within the agricultural industry has now taken place within the cattle, poultry, uh, and pork industry. And when you have consolidation of animals, you get them on a much smaller plot of land, a lot more animals, which means a lot more waste uh, in the, the same vicinity with the animal. That means a lot more disease. So the way they make sure that they stay healthy before they go to slaughter is they jack them up with a lot of antibiotics and they put antibiotics in their feet. So we are getting that in our food stream when we sit down and we eat a burger or a sausage or a chicken sandwich. And that's going into our system. And Mm -hmm. that is also having an influence, a negative influence uh, on the bacteria in our digestive tract. And that really is one of the keys. So... When we very, talk about, yeah, go ahead. Very, very, yeah, very interesting with um, this information with regards to what we're doing or what we're eating differently, say, from, you know, when I was a kid to now. And all the sugar, or even way, I want to say way back when, you know, last century or two centuries ago, when the sugar consumption was way down. Um, and now we have this influx of a massive amount of sugar being intake intake in your diet, you know, you just basically you have to be really diligent to be mindful to cut that intake in half or even decrease it a little bit and how that's adding to, you know, more things happening within our body, more inflammation, adrenal fatigue, um, you know, different forms of cancer, um, just all other kind of pathogens. Um, But I think what you really said that I really want to emphasize and I think is what you're trying to get people to pay attention to is the massive amount of antibiotics that are now in the the meat we take or the you know the food we choose to use as meat that wasn't in there before also the um, growth hormones in chicken and things of that nature it's just you know this is all toxic stuff it's not natural and it's not naturally occurring in in the different species so 
the fact that we're taking it, you are what you eat. That, you know, I remember that from being a little kid, you are what you eat. Absolutely. So that's what you're saying. Basically, we weren't eating this kind of stuff back then, and now it's slowly migrated into a natural way of what's in our food. And thus, this is how we're, our society is reflective of the health because of what has progressed over time. You know, so. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. And, and again, you know, I mean, you don't need to have um, some uh, maniacal person with a, a, you know, strange mustache twisting it and, you know, in the corner office for this stuff to happen. <laughs> it's a profit-driven industry, right? So, right. Um, you know, they don't all have to be maniacal. But, um, but, but it is a perfect storm, right? So you have uh, pharmaceutical companies coming out with um, – more and more diseases, they're sort of running the show over oh, at the FDA. Goodness. Don't even get and, me started on him. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, so so let me put a couple of stepping stones together so that the listeners can get a sense of, of scope here. So we talked about sugar. Let's just, let's just focus on sugar for a second. So back in the 80s, uh, a company named um, Searle, um, who uh, was... Uh, the CEO uh, was Donald Rumsfeld, believe it or not. Uh, the guy who ended up bringing you the Iraq War uh, after 9-11. So he wow. was the CEO of Searle. Uh, and they had decided to come out with uh, this new sugar substitute called aspartame. Very, very dangerous stuff. And at the time, he sort of had uh, his uh, fingers on some of the directors over at the FDA. So they were still running the show even back then. Okay. So they got approval for uh, aspartame uh, based upon an eight-week study, no humans involved, uh, and they were running it. Uh, since then, those same experiments have gotten completely different results. They've always caused cancer and, and polyps and tumors in rats. We just have no idea how they ended up uh, saying that this was uh, perfectly fine. Wow. Uh, I think they justified it by saying that they were only looking at um, tooth, uh, tooth decay. So they weren't looking at overall health. They got approved by the FDA by looking at just tooth decay. And you can get away with that kind of stuff with the FDA. So they got this synthetic aspartame into the, uh, the food supply. Um, there are other synthetic sugars, of course, that are just as dangerous uh, as aspartame. And that's also in the food supply. Your body cannot break this stuff down. It is a toxin. Uh, it ends up uh, going into our body and in some instances can change uh, DNA, flipping the basis. So this is some severe stuff. So individuals who are thinking, well, uh, I'm going to cut back on my sugar consumption and go diet, they end up, uh, end up mm. consuming a lot more of the synthetic sugar, which is actually more dangerous. I would rather them have the uh, processed sugar uh, than having the aspartame-type um, uh, sweeteners out there. But when we take a look at that, um, you know, so uh, when you uh, take in a lot more sugar, um, you end up changing the microbiome in your digestive tract. One of the things that we don't pay too much attention to is the increased uh, incidence of candida, uh, that which is essentially a yeast overgrowth. And yeast end up uh, secreting a lot more aldehydes when they're in close confines with each other, and aldehydes end up breaking down soft tissue, creating leaky gut too. So we have this perfect storm taking place, right? So uh, that is allowing, along with GMO foods, a lot more stuff to pass through into the body, and your immune system recognizes this stuff as foreign, mm. and you'll have an immune response to that. 
and what I was talking about earlier with your adrenal glands, cortisol reduces inflammation in the body. So eventually over months and months and months, your body says we cannot constantly be in a chronic state of inflammation because it's dangerous to the health of other organs. So we're going to start secreting cortisol. That's where people end up getting adrenal fatigue, right? Uh, and doctors may uh, pick this up when uh, an individual comes in for testing. And what is but, the typical yeah. response? <laughs> so they reach for the pharmaceutical, the what they exactly. refer to as NSAIDs. This is the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory Inflammatory, drug. such right. as Advil, Tylenol, I mean, excuse right, me, right. Ultrin. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that does more damage to that intestinal tract, increasing the inflammation. But, of course, you're tamping it down with a pharmaceutical product. Mm-hmm. So you have more toxins coming into the body. You're trying to reduce the inflammation, essentially the repair part of the body. Um, it's it's this terrible thing that's taking place. And I think that's one, one of the reasons why um, people are coming up with all kinds of strange diseases and a lot uh, higher rates than they ever were uh, before. You know, you 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 mentioned a syndrome or a disease or um, I'm going to say a challenge and imbalance in someone's body. And I just want you to tell a little bit more about it because I'm not real sure if the listeners out there know exactly what it is or what it contains. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, leaky gut, can you explain a little bit more about what the leaky gut syndrome is? Because I'm sure people are like, what's that? So just touch on that for us a little bit, please. Yeah, absolutely. So just a real short history. About 15 or so years ago, naturopaths and functionals and progressive doctors were talking about leaky gut. They were really beating the drums on this. Conventional medicine completely ignored it. Your uh, conventional doc, uh, your, 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 your general practitioner, did not believe in it, thought it was hocus pocus. Okay, Now they're all on board with it. Now, major journals and publications are coming out and saying that leaky gut is like the, the, the big health issue affecting, um, you know, world health now. So mm-hmm. what are we talking about? So when you're born, you have a certain amount of uh, bacteria that are given to you, um, you know, typically uh, through birth, and they reside um, primarily in your digestive tract. Uh, and what people typically don't realize is we are 10 to 1 outnumbered by bacteria to cells in our body. So we are literally bacteria buses, if you, if you sort of think about it like that. <laughs> and these bacteria perform an incredibly important task for us. So in your digestive system, well, let's just focus on that for a second. In your digestive system, they recognize nutrients that come into the body. They sometimes participate in the breakdown of these nutrients to make them more absorbable. And then they communicate back to our bodies and say, XYZ is out in the lumen of our, our digestive tract. We want this thing uh, open up the gates and, and allow this, uh, you know, wh- whatever it is, uh, amino acid, uh, uh, fat, whatever, to come into the body. When this communication process is broken down, either by the massive amount of, of sugar that we take in, which increases candida, uh, which pushes out a lot of these good bacteria that are helping us out, or we ingest something, either a toxin or a pesticide or a GMO that either opens up uh, small pores in the digestive tract, allowing uh, non-selectively allowing things to pass into the body, which is a dangerous thing, uh, but also 
can promote um, growth of uh, deleterious or bad bacteria. And then we throw into the mix metals, too. Uh, and when metals and virus and bacteria and parasites end up getting together, they form biofilm. And mm-hmm. biofilm is sort of this shielded ball that sits right in between epithelial cells and opens those pores right up. When that kind of cascade takes place, then your digestive tract, which previously was breaking down nutrients for absorb for absorption and then selectively picking out uh, what it wants and keeping everything else out, it ends up doing pretty much a 180. And things that you never wanted in your body are now coming through. And the good bacteria aren't uh, in a high a pro- a population to break down those things and you end up getting malnourished. So now mm. you end up getting perhaps obese, over-toxified, inflamed, people come down with IBS um, in more um, severe uh, instances, Uh, people come down with celiac disease, they end up becoming sensitive to all kinds of foods that they weren't before, Uh, now they have to be on gluten-free diets, Uh, and I have a whole, uh, you know, other piece um, uh, information when it comes to gluten-free diets, Uh, and, you know, now so it, are, so yeah. basically what happens is, is just you guys out there listening I'm just going to so you say we have I'm going to simplify this say we have a window with a screen on it okay and basically what happens is normally function gut you know everything is processed the window is closed everything is sliding along the, along the digestive tract uh, nutrients are being absorbed um toxins and other things are going throughout the digestive system and being excreted out in the appropriate manners that's normal but when we have leaky gut what happens is the window slides open that screen that used to be um, not able to have anything slip through it. Now there's this gateway of all these little avenues that, that these toxins are now able to slip through and go into the body and get absorbed and cause us to have havoc with, you know, challenges such as obesity and irritable bowel syndrome and, you know, um, problems with our, our liver or uh, other digestive challenges um, and inflammatory processes, diseases that wasn't happening before when the window was closed. So, is that about right? <laughs> so that's a perfect analogy. As a matter of fact, I, I got to bring you on the road. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not, you know, because it's like, I, I, you know, it's I, you hear a lot more talk about um, leaky gut syndrome, and you know, like you said, it causes gluten sensitivity and celiac disease and all these different things, which you know you did not hear about. I want to say when I became a nurse twenty six years ago, you did not hear about that no. kind. Of Stuff is prevalent. Granted, I was in a more, I was in a, um, uh, I was an emergency room nurse, so you know, it, it was a little different. But still, we would have people that would come through that were having an exacerbation of something that we would have to take care of that moment in time for them. And and now, they just those people have become so chronic in the um, healthcare system that they there's no emergent things. They just it's a disease that's being taken or managed by their healthcare professional and a lot of times it's being managed by drugs which are not actually beneficial to the restoring of the disease process caused by the chemicals that the body's ingesting. I want to ask you another uh, disease that I've heard a little bit more about 
um, as a matter of fact, I think I was watching a show and they were talking like within the last few days and they were talking about this particular disease. Um, and we see a lot more of it now today, which is the fatty liver um, disease and metabolic syndromes regarding that. Can you just share a little bit of your words of wisdom or enlightenment with regards to um, why you believe that um, these diseases are becoming more typical versus atypical in our society? Yeah, absolutely. So fatty liver disease, believe it or not, uh, affects one in three people in the U.S. Uh, the reason you don't hear a lot about it is because it's extremely underdiagnosed and doctors don't know how to treat it. They only know how to do liver transplants. <laughs> so, um, uh, have, right. So when we have fatty <laughs> liver, they have to wait until it progresses into fibrosis and cirrhosis. Right. And then you get on that liver transplant list and now they can really, uh, help you help quote unquote. So one in three people have this issue. When we're talking about say type two diabetes or pre-diabetic, Typically, what's happening is that's food-induced, okay? Right. And it's a breakdown of the functionality of the liver, and that's so. That's a that's so. Um, so let me back up for a second. When we end up having leaky gut, for instance, we have the toxins flowing into the body. The toxins really have just a couple of options. Um, one of the main options uh, is they get picked up by the immune system. The immune system quickly gets overrun, and then they flow into the liver. So the liver gets overwhelmed at some point, too, and its sort of last-ditch defense is to create fat cells, to store toxins. Those end up building up over time, and they break down uh, the functionality of the liver. Well, the liver happens to, amongst uh, other regulatory functions, regulate blood glucose, uh, blood glucose levels. So with those individuals who are T2, the inability to send a signal to the pancreas to secrete insulin or to break down insulin or, you know, do a various uh, myriad of other regulatory functions when it comes to that. That's all the regulatory uh, responsibility of the liver. So typically people who have type 2 really have fatty liver disease. That's the source of it. Okay. So that's, um, that's a big problem in the country. And when we talk about metabolic syndrome, it's sort of this cascade that we talked about before, leaky gut giving way to chronic inflammation, giving way to fatty liver disease, which gives way to type 2 diabetes. Now you have a lot more toxins flowing in the body. So now we're talking about uh, cholesterol issues and hypertension and adrenal fatigue because of the inflammation. All of those sort of bundle of problems, uh, and IBS obviously because of the leaky gut, that's what we're referring to uh, under the category of metabolic syndrome and it's okay. severe in this country. Yeah, I I can attest to that. I, I definitely, um, you see it. I mean, just it's it's just amazing to me, the state of uh, the way we look versus how the way we looked when I was growing up. And I'm not that old, but I'm old enough to have seen the changes. Right, right. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so now, you know, you also mentioned, um, and I think this is really more prevalent as well, um, and you've mentioned it quite a bit, which is the adrenal fatigue stuff. And, I mean, really, I can't ever remember um, up until, I want to say, maybe the last 10 years um, ever really hearing anything about adrenal fatigue. And then within the last 10 years, it's progressively been more on the forefront, and I've heard more about it. And I think it's 
you know, our society um, and the way we process stress, which comes to us from a variety of different ways, particularly environmental toxins, um, causes the body to, to go into a stressed state. Um, share just a little bit about your take on um, adrenal fatigue, and and then I just want to then I'm going to move into something just a little different. Okay, yeah, that sounds perfect. So the adrenal fatigue um, issue. So I think people understand you know, circadian rhythms. Um, so uh, cortisol uh, ends up uh, being secreted early in the morning in order to get you up, and then it levels off and is almost completely absent in the body in the afternoon so that uh, melatonin and serotonin can uh, interact with each other at night uh, and put you to sleep. And that gives us the circadian rhythm. Okay, so that's the daytime-nighttime phenomenon. When we uh, are in an inflamed state, uh, the body doesn't like that because it's more or less an aging process, believe it or not. Um, It's good for the localized area that's under attack but doesn't like to be there all the time. So it will send a message to your adrenal glands adrenal glands to start secreting cortisol. Cortisol Mm -hmm. tamps down inflammation. The problem is it doesn't stop uh, telling cortisol to be secreted, so it interrupts your sleep, and that negatively impacts uh, our ability to filter stress uh, because that ends up draining a lot of the precursors and cofactors required uh, in sort of stress uh, modulation uh, in the body. And so we end up with, so as you said, the toxins are coming into the body, creating inflammatory state. Cortisol is being secreted as sort of the, you know, the, the battle guard to keep it uh, sort of tamped down. Uh, and that whole process drains the adrenal glands. And it's a, uh, basically a direct result of uh, too much toxins in the body to, to try to fight. Okay. So thank you for sharing. Um, so now you guys have some really good information about, you know, inflammation and um and how inflammation occurs in our body and environmental toxins and you know the need for us to really be mindful of what we put into our body with regards to uh looking at labels and our sugar intake and um not always believing the hype that just because you buy something organic uh does not mean that it's not um, does not contain toxins. And, you know, Brendan also shared with us, you know, the information about metabolic syndrome and the incidences of cancer and um, adrenal fatigue and leaky gut syndrome. But what I want to move into now is now that we know that our body contains these chemicals, these toxins, some of us a lot more than others, some of us the toxins and chemicals have not begun to react with our body within our body in a negative way. Now that we know we have this, how can we assist our body or how does our body get rid of these chemicals? Is there something that we can do? Um, is there something that we should go to our physician to to have them help us with? Um, can you share your words of enlightenment with regards to now that we know we're full of toxins, um, how do we get rid of them? Yeah, sure. So, this is basically the reason why um, we started Liver Medic, um, and we work with a lot of physicians on this topic too, but it is definitely a combination of diet uh, and supplementation. So um, we have to end up getting away from a sugar-intense diet and a carb-intense diet back to a protein, fiber, fat-rich diet, and we're talking about healthy fats, 
Now, that would be your olive oil, uh, butter from a clean source, uh, coconut oil, red palm oil, um, avocado oil, those types of uh, fats, very uh, important. Um, when we're talking about eating properly, we're looking at superfoods. Uh, there are a lot of herbs out there that are very good at cleansing uh, the body and cleansing the liver in particular. And we all know about milk thistle. That's certainly uh, in the wheelhouse. But things that you can incorporate just into your diet, into the food that you eat, parsley and cilantro, very good uh, at clearing out toxins within the body. Okay, so those are some nice, important herbs to throw in there. Um, what we focus on uh, at Liver Medic is... Um, we have a couple of uh, uh, products that have sort of the right combination of uh, antioxidants for the liver and things to clean out the digestive tract. So individuals should be aware that most people have candida overgrowth. That's something that they sort of have to arrest. Um, that's, you know, a combination of things like oregano oil and caprylic acid, uh, grapefruit seed uh, extract, those are the types of things that can uh, work well uh, in getting rid of those. Got to go after biofilm, which means you also need um, a very, uh, an enhanced natural uh, enzyme in order to break biofilm. They have, those are typically double bonds. Your body cannot break those on its own. So things like serapeptase or monolaurin are typically used. Um, when we're talking about cleansing the body and the liver, uh, we're talking about milk thistle. Uh, N-acetylcholine or NAC, SAMe, uh, MSM, those are, a lot of them are very heavy in sulfur and methionine and cysteine. Those things are important in kickstarting what we refer to as phase two conjugation or the detox phase in the liver. And that's what's sort of stalled out with a lot of people. So uh, that's, those are very important things that people can incorporate into their diet and their regimen. You shared some really, really good stuff, you know, information with regards to things people can begin doing after they listen to us conversate today that they can begin doing to help them with the natural process of helping their body to cleanse and, you know, get rid of some of the stuff. And, of course, they can always, um, I'm sure, get in contact with you and find out more about um Liver medic, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want you to share some more information about that as well. But now that you've given us some, you know, guidance with regard, some um, knowledge behind, you know, what's causing us to have these increases in diseases in here in the U.S. and you know the different types of the diseases and the chemicals that are involved um, with it, and in some natural ways that we can help our body to cleanse itself. What um what would you say that now that we have this information and I know more information comes out, you know, basically each and every day with regards to different things um on a natural tip, your focus is primarily on the liver. What would you say to someone listening out there today that has listened to what we've talked about and maybe thinking that they may have an issue with leaky gut syndrome or they've noticed that they've been extremely tired and, you know, looked up online and, you know, looks like they might be having some signs and symptoms of adrenal fatigue or, you know, they just want to be checked out for fatty liver um, disease because they've been told they're pre-diabetic. What would you say to that person right now, um, to just, what what would you say? Uh, like for advice, 
Um, or just, you know, I, you what's know, in your heart right now and, you, you know, you just, you know, someone is coming to you or, or they're listening and they say they called in or they're with us in person telepathically or whatever. And you're looking at them and they're saying, well, what do you think I should do or what would you say sure. to me? Yeah. Sure. So there's a couple of very easy things that I think people can do, you know, more or less right away. So one of them, and it sounds uh, somewhat silly, when you first wake up in the morning, uh, have a tall glass of water with a little bit of lemon in it, okay? So that rehydrates you, which is super important. Uh, and unfortunately, we don't take in anywhere near the amount of water that we that we need to. The phytonutrients within the lemon initiates a response in the liver to drop the bile that was uh, that contains all those toxins into the gallbladder uh, and into the small intestine that feed the good bacteria. So you're doing a lot of different things just with a little bit of uh, lemon water in the morning. Okay, so that mm. that piece of it is done. Um, the other thing people ought to be doing is they ought to be shortening their window for eating. So I've shortened my window for eating uh, to about eight hours, and sometimes I can get it down to six. And you can literally train your body to do this. And if you are on a ketogenic diet, and people ought to be looking up ketogenic diets, uh, and a good diet to take a look at is the FODMAPS diet. So that's F-O-D-M-A-P-S, and that was created by a group of researchers uh, at Stanford University. And what that will do is it'll get your body away from the sugar carb, uh, you know, burning energy uh, and back to a, a fat protein, more stable way of uh, uh, producing energy. So you're not going to be riding the wave, the roller coaster during the day anymore. So what we need to do is we, when we're talking about tightening that window, we are um, allowing the uh, skin in the digestive tract to repair itself. So if you get a cut on your skin uh, and you're constantly bumping it up against uh, things, it's not going to heal properly. Same thing in your gut. So tighten that window, allow your gut to heal. The other thing I would say is uh, I would test for uh, pre-diabetic or uh, diabetes, just your fasting blood glucose um, uh, sugar levels, early in the morning, and that will give you a pretty good indication of where you stand. You don't necessarily have to go into a doctor's office and get an elevated liver enzyme test. You know, this can be real easy. Uh, and uh, so if you are pre-diabetic or have type 2 diabetes, that, that um, those levels are above 100 or so, uh, then you probably need to start focusing on liver health uh, and uh, a lot more uh, focused on your diet. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. Oh, my gosh. I really, um, some of the things you said really resonated with me, with regards particularly the tall glass of water in the morning with lemon. I've been doing that for years and years and sh shared that. And, you know, once you get in the habit of doing it, it just becomes natural, like um, brushing your teeth. But yeah, absolutely. can you? And you, yeah, I'm sorry. You, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Brendan. You, you were going to. Oh, I was going to say when when you when you get like a step beyond that, you can start adding things like uh, like neem oil. Neem oil is uh, incredibly oh. uh, beneficial. Um, yeah. Oregano oil, obviously, you can drop a little bit of oregano oil there too. Sort of keep uh, at bay the candida in your digestive tract, but. Neem oil uh, is incredibly, uh, I mean, if you were to look it up on uh, Google or uh, on the Internet, you'd end up finding all these different, you know, statements that they make about uh, neem oil. 
ends up uh, being very uh, anti-parasitical, anti-viral. Um, and again, I, I have no stake in the game. I don't sell neem oil. I buy it myself. Uh, it keeps me very healthy. Yeah, I'm a, a neem oil advocate. Um, it's, you know, another another tool that utilize, and I've utilized it myself um, with regards to, uh, you know, I had a, a toothache that um, kind of had an abscess and I was away speaking at a conference so I couldn't quite get to the dentist and I had some neem oil and rubbed it on there and once I got back I went was able to make it to the dentist and the infection had um you know basically was nil of course I had to get antibiotics and I ended up having to have a root canal in the teeth tooth because was going bad anyways but the neem sure. oil really did help it's a you know it has natural antibacterial properties of course I always say check with your health care provider first of course, um, of course right but um but yeah I you know because I'm a um, Ayurvedic nurse practitioner um all those essential oils that oregano and um you know, a grape, grapefruit seed oil and all of that stuff, the coconut, the, you know, it's also good for your body. You mentioned something yeah. early, early in the show, and I and it, it just popped in my head that I think, again, I'm going to mention to people just since we're talking about all these natural things that we can do to, to help us curtail some of these, uh, you know, diseases that are increasing in our society. You mentioned early in the show um you mentioned early in this show about what we put on our bodies and we need to pay more attention to what we put on our bodies. Oh, and what's God, yeah. Fun, yeah. You know, people go buy Jergens lotions or Neutrogena or, you know, <laughs> what bed bath and body. Cause I did it, you know, too. And you don't want to smell all nice and good and thinking they're hydrating their body and their skin. And that may be true. However, when you take a look at the chemicals that are in <laughs> those oh, products, yeah. You realize you're taking in more toxins than anything. Switch over to something natural, coconut oil or sesame oil or sunflower oil. A little bit goes a long way in keeping your skin moisturized. It's natural, and you can buy it organic as well. So um, that just popped in my head when we're talking about the oils. And I'm like, I wonder if people really picked up on that. What you put on your body is absorbed into your body. It goes into your circulatory system, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, right? So anyway. Yeah, that's you got to be processed in your liver, so you're absolutely right. Yeah, Right. You're taxing everything to the max. Okay, so mm-hmm. now tell us more about Liver Medic. And if someone out there is interested in learning how they can get in contact with you or have, a, you know, have you help them out with regards to what you do at Liver Medic, can you please enlighten us? Oh, sure. Yeah, so they can uh, visit the website, livermedic.com. We have... Uh, you know, just a ton of articles that are obviously health-related on these topics that we've discussed and other things. Um, one of the things that we didn't touch on is the MTHFR gene mutation, which is not uh, readily out there for most of the, the folks. Even when I go to conferences and I talk to physicians <laughs> about this, only a quarter of them even heard the damn thing. Uh, and it's very what? important. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, those articles are available uh, on the website. Um, they can also call in. I give free consultations to uh, individuals. And, you know, a lot of what I talk about, um, yes, it's true, we sell supplements, of course. But w- what's really important for me is that people uh, eat healthy or uh, clean themselves internally because there is, I believe, a 
um, consciousness change taking place in the world. And you can't receive um, the information, you know, on a metabolic level or a molecular level unless you were sort of free of a lot of these uh, toxins. So it's really important for me to teach people how to eat, things to avoid, um, reading labels. Um, you know, we talk about the dirty dozen in terms of endocrine disrupting chemicals that we absolutely have to avoid. Uh, and there's other tips, uh, there's the recipes online and so forth. So, you know, you can call, you can go to the website, you can learn uh, about a lot of these things. Uh, and I think that there, this is a, uh, it's, we're talking about a, a period in time that is completely, totally unique. And it's a wonderful time to be on this earth. But there is a, there, we're, we're walking into extremes. Uh, and people are going to be either really healthy or they're going to be really unhealthy. And you don't right. want to be on the really unhealthy side. So educate yourself is really important. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brendan, for being a guest on Blissful Living. I loved um, all of the stuff that you shared with us, and there's so much um, information in there, words of wisdom and education to help our listeners really um, be able to take a more proactive role or taking that step forward to have a more proactive role with regards to, you know, their health and well-being and what's going on with their, their body. You know, I always tell people um, your wellness, your physical health, your health and well-being, whether it's physical, mental, spiritual, all of the above, your wellness is your greatest asset. So why not be proactive and taking care of your greatest asset. It's not that Maserati you drive. It's not that, you know, 7,000 square foot mansion you may live in. It's not all the money you have in the bank. It's your physical well-being um, because once you lose that, it's very, very difficult to get that back. And so um, anytime we can have some wonderful guests like you on the show to enlighten us, it does decrease our stress levels and helps people to feel a little bit more comfortable and confident about um, taking a certain role in managing their health and well-being. So thank you, thank you, thank you very, very much. I highly um, enjoyed our conversation today. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate what you're doing, and it's just been a joy talking with you and your listeners. Thank you. And to all of you out there listening, um, that's the show for today. I want to again thank Brendan Cochran for coming on. Um, he gave us some wonderful words of wisdom and knowledge um, and hopefully you guys took a lot of notes and it may not be able something may not be something you need, but it might be something someone you know needs or some information and you can direct them to Brendan. Um, definitely go to livermedic.com and check things out because there's a lot of information on that site. Um, just want to say hope to see or hear or have all of you stay tuned or connect with us for the next show. This is Rochelle Marie Lawson, the Queen of Feeling Fabulous. And I am wishing you peace to your mind, wellness to your body, and tranquility to your spirit. And goodbye for now. You can find out more about Rochelle on her website, Rochelle Lawson, R-O-C-H-E-L-E, Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N, or at healthhealingwellness.com. Or just click on her websites from the webtalkradio.net page right in front of you. And, of course, you'll want to come right back here next week for another episode of Blissful Living. Thanks for joining us.